Welcome to Not The Way I Planned. I'm Carly Cash, and if you've ever found yourself thinking, this is not the way I thought my life would turn out, you've come to the right place. Each week we'll have inspiring interviews, plus tips and tricks to living your best life, even if it's not the life you planned. Welcome to this edition of Not The Way I Planned. Our guest today, her name is Kyla, and she has been through every parent's worst nightmare, truly. Uh, She lost her beautiful daughter, Cayenne, just a couple Mm -hmm. months ago, and her... Her daughter was just four years old, and she was not only taken, but she was taken very tragically and very suddenly. So, Kyla, thank you so much for being willing to talk about your beautiful daughter today and talk about the grief process and just being willing to share. Yeah. um, Cayenne was um, a lot different than a lot of other kids, and I know a lot of people say that, you know, just when people pass away. Um, but she really was, I mean, uh, she saved my life (laughs) when I got pregnant with her. Um, I had lost custody of one of my kids and just wasn't making the right choices. And she, you know, when I found out I was having her, um, I turned my life around a lot and, um, she was just always, she was so different than any other kid. She was smart. She taught herself her colors (laughs) and she taught herself how to count like her numbers. Um, she loved YouTube and that's where she learned it. (laughs) She would get on the kids YouTube channel. And so she was just, she was so smart and it feels like we had her a lot longer than four years. It feels like it was longer than that. And I'm really happy. I'm, I'm really glad. I'm yeah, happy about that. For so. sure. I was watching some of the videos that you've posted to YouTube because you've got a, a YouTube page that's dedicated to her. And the first word that comes to mind when I was watching your beautiful daughter is just pure joy. She just seemed to love life and she just had yeah. this beautiful innocence <laughs> about her, right? Like she just took joy in the simplest yeah. of things. She she was seriously... Um, she was a light. She mm-hmm. was just a fire. I mean, her name was Cayenne, and mm-hmm. we would always say, man, her name fits her so well because she was always happy, but, man, she would put up a fight. She was feisty as well. Like, if she thought that, <laughs> like, one of her favorite things was coming in to me and telling me that her brother was being rude to her. He was being <laughs> rude. and <laughs> She was sassy. <laughs> she would... Um, she would defend anybody who needed defended. I mean, she would stick up for them. She would she would come and tell me, like, she knew where everything was, mm-hmm. where anybody was, what they were doing. She was just a, a part of everyone's life. Yeah. And I don't think that anybody really realized that until she was gone. Right. Just right. how quiet that it got. And how she brought excitement to everything. She was always excited about everything. I mean, the last thing she said to her sisters was, look at my gum. It's pink. It's so pretty. (laughs) You know, that's what she was thinking about was how pretty her gum was. And And that's um, one of the beautiful things about kids is that they do delight in those little things. I think we 
oftentimes as we grow older, it's like we lose the joy in just the simple things in life like that. And kids are a beautiful reminder to rediscover that joy or to not take those little things for granted, you know? Yeah. And she, uh, she was always willing to help too. It was, you know, a lot of kids, you ask them, Hey, can you guys help me clean up? And Mm -hmm. you know, there's my older kids are like, Oh, and (laughs) and she was always up like, I'll do it. Can I do this? You know, and asking me if she wanted to be big, like everybody else, she wanted to be able to do everything like everyone else. And, um, I really, I miss that. Um, I, I just, I miss her and her voice. I'm so glad that I have videos. Um, honestly, the grief process, if I didn't have those pictures and videos to look at, it would be, I probably wouldn't be as okay as I am. Right. Right. (laughs) I, because I'm so afraid of forgetting what she sounds like or what she looked like when she'd move around or because it was only we only had her for four years in a couple months and so I'm so thankful and I tell everybody all the time I'm like videotape everything like I know videotape and take pictures because it's so important so many times I think we almost become I know my kids will get annoyed with technology and they'll say mom no more pictures don't take so many pictures, but you're, you're absolutely right. And I'm going to remind my kids of that when they get annoyed with it is, I mean, it's, yeah. it's a major blessing that we do have that technology these days to hold on. Well, and Yeah. And, and, and the other thing when you're talking about your kids is like, um, you have to be honest with them about, Hey, this is going to happen. We're going to run into this eventually, yeah. you know, and with death, like, um, and I, what's weird is before Kayana had passed away, um, I was very realistic with my kids about how, you know, somebody could get hurt so bad that they might not come back. And um, I don't think people talk about that enough. And yeah. I, I think that's helped us with our grief process as well, is that my um, kids had a very realistic view. But we also, we, we have our beliefs you know, our faith and our beliefs as well, that she's okay, you know, that right. we're the ones that are hurting, not her right now. Yes, I, and, I absolutely um, believe that. But they get to look at those videos, and on top of them, she has two little siblings that are, they're three, and the other one's about to turn two. And if we didn't have those videos to show them of her playing with them or her talking they wouldn't have it, you know, they wouldn't know. They wouldn't right. remember. They're too right. little. Right. And it, it, that's hard. That, that's a hard part of the grief I'm going through is, is I feel like it's unfair because she loved them so much. It's unfair that they're not even going to really remember who she is. And I try not to get too angry about things, but it's really hard. <laughs> um because she was a very, very loving sister. She was, like, one of those little ones that would, like, she'd act like, oh, they're so cute. I just want to squeeze them. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like, get her hands, like, in fists and be like, oh, can I, like, touch the baby, <laughs> you know? And 
Well, she called her little sister a little caterpillar one time. <laughs> she was all <laughs> swaddled up. So. Yeah, and I was watching a video of her. She was she was just patting her her baby sister's back, and just seemed like she did have that loving <laughs> instinct about her. You know, it, it, and I think it was grandma that was with her, but she was like, "It's a little too hard." And then you know, she just <laughs> calmed it down a bit. But she was certainly trying to be you know, so motherly and sweet with her baby sister. And that was who she was. She was just, like, fierce and loving at the same time. Right. Like, that's how right. to explain her is, like, she would hug you, but she would, like, squeeze hug you. <laughs> if she was going to hug you, it wasn't just a quick, oh, hey, and then run off. She was going to, like, hug you as hard as she can. Yeah. And um, she did that to me the last day. Um. <laughs> She came in, and she gave me this huge, huge hug when I told her that she could go. She was like, oh, thank you, you know, and she squeezed me really hard. And um, I'm so glad, like, I'm glad that we have, oh, man. she. I calculated it out. She was with us for 1,485 days. And we, just me alone, I have over... 6,000, close to 7,000 pictures of her just on my Google photos. And that's just me. That's not my mom or my aunt or anybody else. And, and I'm just so, so glad. Yeah. That's a, that is, I can see almost every day that she lived, that she was here. I can go to almost every day. So for those that are listening, um, to this and and I don't want to make you have to relive this any more than than we have to no, necessary but for those good. that are listening can you briefly tell what happened to Cayenne so um I'll just start from when she left our house um her sisters her older sisters recent page they were 13 and 12 um wanted to walk to the gas station to get some snacks it was like two blocks away, and um, Cayenne overheard them, and she wanted to go really bad. She loved going anywhere and everywhere, and <clears throat> I'm a low-income mom, and I usually don't have money, but I, I was like, okay, let me just see, because I was working from home, and I opened my wallet, and I happened to have a $5 bill. And so I was like, okay, here's some money. You can get one thing. And she goes, two? And I said, one. And she was like, two. <laughs> I was like, Cayenne, you can get one thing, okay? And she's like, okay. And she took the money. She goes, thank you, and, you know, hugged me. And and then I looked at my daughter, and, I, you know, I told her, I said, you guys be careful. Because it was like, it was around four, a uh, little before four. And, I, you know, people are getting out of work and and she's like, it's okay, Mom, we'll be okay. And um, they walked hand in hand, all three of them, to the gas station, um, got to the gas station fine, got their snacks, and she got her gum. And then they were waiting at the intersection of Midland and Roosevelt and Nampa, and um, they got the the uh, go, the white little man that yeah. tells you to walk. And so they started crossing, and um, the driver came from Roosevelt, um, and it would be 
east, I think. I I don't know how to explain it. He was going towards the neighborhood market Walmart off of Roosevelt, Mm -hmm. like towards Chevron, and then it would be the Walmart. He went to take a left turn, and he said he couldn't see the girls because of the sun, and um, he struck two of them. Um, They were already about halfway across. And so Paige, the one who didn't get hit, she was, she was, um, in the front and she was already in the middle of the crosswalk and the other two were almost there. And, um, he made that turn and, and he struck them both. And Reese, my older daughter, um, she rolled, she got really bad road rash on the side of her. But Cayenne was so little, um, it just instantly took her. Uh, she was just gone. Wow. And my daughters had to go through that, and they have to live with that for the rest of their lives because I feel like because of impatience. I, I feel like that's the bottom right. line. Right, right. Yeah, um, and, and, and how often do we all do that? Like we're just, no one thinks something like that is going to happen on either end. Like I think about how many times I've sent my, well, kid, I've sent my kids to go to the park or whatever on their bikes. And I know because yeah. I've been with them before. As soon as they see that little go sign, you go. And then, you know, as a driver, I know so many times, you know, not that I've, I've been fortunate. I've never come close to hitting someone, but I know, you know, what it's like to just, think nothing's going to happen to me or being impatient or a little careless. And I mean, well, and I wrote a, a letter to the the safety committee and actually had the mayor of Nampa write me back and tell me that, you know, my statement really impacted her because I, I straight up told him, I was like, cause he had a green light to turn as well. Mm-hmm. I believe um, from what I understand. And so it, it was like, why would you ever give them a go and yes. give him a go as well? Like, that's like, no one should ever be allowed to even turn or anything if someone's crossing the road. You are absolutely right. And, and as you bring this up, I, you know, I, I say I haven't come close to hitting someone. And I just, I mean, just a few days ago, that same scenario happened. Now, I didn't pull out. But I saw someone, you know, cross there and I had a green light and I thought, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why would, it, yeah. you know, he be instructed to walk and and by my light, it's saying, go. It doesn't make yep. any sense. And that's what I told him. I told him, I said, you guys either need to have the flashing yellow like they do at the when they have paths and they cross the roads and they have those you know, uh, flashing yellow, really bright ones that I told them you need to either have that or they need to have red lights. I said, I'm about to go, I wrote in my letter, I'm about to go put pedestrian lives, signs matter all over the place because, or slow down, lives matter or, you know, and, um, I guess that intersection has been a really big problem as well for things like that. And it's like, yeah, well, there's been times where I've been trying to light candles at Cayenne's Corner and there'll be people standing there waiting to cross and they'll go to cross and somebody's 
on their cell phone and they just whip around that corner and they have to step back onto the sidewalk to not get hit because they're too busy yakking on their cell phone and needing to go where they need to go. Exactly. And I was a flagger at one point too and that I learned a lot about, okay, you need to be more aware about what's around you and pay attention and not be distracted because there were many times where I was almost hit as a flagger because people didn't even see me because they were too busy being distracted by things. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you're, you're right. And it's because of these distractions, because of people being in too much of a hurry in our world. And it's these little things and I, these little changes that need to be made that a beautiful young girl has lost her life. And who knows what Cayenne could have done in this world, you know? It's just so senseless well, that this would that's ever why I happen. Keep her, um, I'm, that's why I'm posting her videos. I mean, she wanted to be known, and there's a reason why. The last dance she ever did, I don't know if you've watched it, but I have posted her last dance, and it was about being the light and yeah. um, passing the light on. And I believe that's what she's doing, even though she's not here like, maybe that's what needed to happen for her to pass her light on. But still, I get I get mad at times because there'll be times, like, I go to the rec center to try and get away from things. And I see little kids in the gymnastics area mm-hmm. doing things. And she, you know, wanted to do it so bad, but I was just, I didn't have the money. Yeah. And, um... I had promised her, I looked into it, and I promised her, at Christmas time, you're going to get it for Christmas. Um, you'll get your gymnastics classes. And and she never got them. And, and I look at the little kids there, and I'm not saying anything bad about them, but I'm like, man, she would have been so good at that. She would have, like, been so good at it. She was such a good singer, you know. She was such a good dancer. She was so talented at such a young age. And so... It was rough, like, accepting that that was just done. It was just gone. Absolutely. And it wasn't just her dreams that were gone. It was my dreams for her and her sister's and brother's dreams for her. Like, she was the one that got the the fingernail polish out all the time and wanted the nails painted and the face masks. and, And now everyone... You know, we try to do things together, but everything reminds us of her. And um, it's getting better every day, but she had so much. It's hard to accept when someone so little has so much to offer. Yeah, and I think that, you know, as you can sit back, you can say like, well, maybe laws will change because of this or maybe you know this will change things so that someone else doesn't pass away but at the, you know and there's some comfort in that but at the same time no there's nothing that changes people's hearts because yes. honestly i feel yes. like it's selfishness that got to this i feel like it was impatience and i feel like the world is filled with too much the self like it's about me and it's about mm-hmm my family and we need to be more there needs to be more love around us and that's one thing i loved about cayenne is that she um she wanted to smile she wanted to love she loved her family she loved her friends she just she wanted to be helpful 
she was selfless. Yeah. And and she um, should have been able to give that to the world mm-hmm. for many, many years. You know, not for just four years, but for a long time. Yeah. And that's just... And I just no, feel like, you no know, and if I go to court, I want to tell him, like, count me out five seconds, ten seconds. That's all they would have needed. Yes. That's all. There's a five-second yes. yield, and they would have made it across. When you count out five actual seconds, like, it's, you know, a pretty good amount of time for someone to walk across the street, ten seconds. And I know, and, you know, I, I told the prosecutor's attorney, it was just, like, um, you know, that's what I'm going to say. It's because I feel like the bottom line is impatience and and how how much just a little bit of patience could do, even with in any situation. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's really the bottom line because I've learned a lot since she's passed away when I get impatience with, impatient mm-hmm. with my kids. And then I start thinking, well, what if this is the last time I get to see them and I'm acting like this with them? Yeah, yeah. And that you're so spot on with that. How many times are we quick to anger or we're quick to use our words or say judge. something or do something or judge? And we do. We need to all take a step back and just think about things for just a minute in everything that we do. This whole world is so fast and so just crazy in that way. And we become so impulsive in everything that we do that that is... It sounds simple, but if we could all have a little more patience and a little more thoughtfulness in the things that we're doing on a day-to-day basis, it could yep. be huge. And that's all it takes, and it's not, honestly not that hard. Yeah. And when you start to be more kind to other people around you, it does affect you in a good way. Like, you can feel it in your soul. And... And another thing I've learned is you should do things from your heart. You should not do things expecting something back. Do things because you love someone. And, you know, Cayenne would have, she would have given her life for me and I would have traded my, I would have traded places with her. I would have traded places with her in a heartbeat because I've lived a life, you know, I've experienced things and she has more. She had more to offer, I feel like, than I did. But I feel like God made me her mom for a reason. Yes. And that's for me to get her message out there. And for her to not be forgotten. Absolutely. um, You know, all of... I noticed... I don't know what you believe or your listeners believe, um, but she loved Jesus and she loved God a lot. And I noticed every time that... I found her singing. She was singing about God or Jesus or <laughs> something like that. And she was very firm in her beliefs and her faith. And there's not a lot of people around that are like that, it's that will stick to what they believe in. And she was only four years old, you know, and and she she stuck to what she believed in. And mm-hmm. I'm glad that she left this earth that way. And... um I just, we just miss her. That's the hardest part of it all is just you, you miss her. I, yeah. I missed her in the morning times when I had my coffee because she was always the first one to wake up with me and she'd always have coffee with me. <laughs> and, um, I'm, I'm sad too, because I wish I could have seen her go to school. 
I wish I could have seen her ride a school bus for the first time or come home and show me, hey, Mom, I wrote my name. Mm-hmm. You know, she wasn't even old enough to hold all fingers up to show her age. And that breaks my heart. She never got to have a first actual crush that wasn't like <laughs> a family member, you know, right. like a little cousin that's like, oh, I love him, but he's your cousin. Right. right. <laughs> she never got to have a best friend from school, you know, that she never, she didn't get to experience a lot of those things. Her first kiss, she doesn't get to go to her prom. She won't get to get married or have kids. It was, it's hard because you think about, I think about that stuff because I have a lot of other kids and my kids are starting to get older and they're getting closer to those things. And it makes me think she's never got to do that. Right. And it's hard. That's the hardest part about grief is just accepting what's happened. It takes a lot longer than people think. She's been oh, gone yeah. for almost four months now, and it's still hard for well, I, it's, it's hard for me to accept. It's that's such a small amount of time. I mean, and I think it's got to be hard accepting that. Truly, you're probably going to feel this pain to some degree forever. I don't know how you could not. Um, yeah. <laughs> one thing that was really surprising to me that you shared on social media is that a lot of people kind of have that expectation, like you need to move on, you need to move forward, or you, how have you experienced that from other people as you've been trying to grieve yourself? What has um, been the response? I have there? had some people that have told me that um, sharing her photos and stuff is, making it to where she can't rest in peace. Hmm. And um, I don't agree with it, personally, uh, faith-based wise. You know, I don't feel like every time you share their picture, they get plucked from heaven. (laughs) And they're, you know, floating around in limbo or something. I'm just like, that doesn't make any sense to me. I'm sorry. And um, I've had some people who have told me that I'll get a chance to raise her again one day and teach her the thing when I get to heaven and teach her the things that I want to teach her. And I'm like, well, in the world, what I need to teach her that she doesn't already know now that she's in heaven, what would she need to know? And, And those are things that are hard when you're a grieving parent, because you know, they're trying to just help in some way, but it almost hurts. And, and, there's been people where I'm like, don't give me false hope. I yeah. told them that. I yeah. just, you know, um, I don't need it right now. I'm sorry. And um, it's hard because you start questioning everything. But um, she really had a faith in God. And a few weeks before she she died, I started having really bad panic attacks. Hmm. And I didn't know what was wrong with me. And I thought maybe I was just depressed, and I went to see a counselor a, the week before she died. And um, I felt like that was something trying to tell me, God, you know, something trying to say, hey, your time with her is limited, because I would look at her and I would just be like, man, I just miss her. Yeah. And my 
my boyfriend at the time, he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I just, I miss her. I'm like, I feel like I'm not spending enough time with her or something. I just feel like I miss her. And he's like, you, you're fine. You spend plenty of time with them. You're okay. And, and it wasn't even maybe a week later and her accident happened. And I just inside me, I was like, something was trying to tell me. Yeah. Something was trying to tell me that something wasn't right, that something was going to happen and was trying to prepare my heart. And I didn't want to listen. I didn't, or I didn't have a good enough connection. I don't know, but well, I think your so mother many instincts times, are real. <laughs> yeah, they really are. But sometimes you can't make sense of them until after the fact. It's already happened. You know, you just can't. Um, but I knew, like, I knew in my heart, I was just like, something's not right. Something's happening. Like, I, I'm looking at her and I'm getting this really bad feeling. I would wake up and. Gosh and crying and I didn't know why and um when that happened it just kind of solidified that for me I was just like this is what it was right and it was it was really hard it was hard um I go and I visit her every Sunday this this is the first Sunday I haven't I just visited her a few days ago um but I pray over her grave every time I go. I tell her that I'm sorry because I do blame myself a little bit. I feel like I should have known. It wasn't a good time. It was a busy time during the day. You know, there was a lot of traffic. But we all make decisions as parents that, you know, I, I, I know at least for myself, it's just hard to not think like oh that's going to happen to someone else if it happens like it's not going to happen to us it's not going to I don't know it's just easy to feel that way and I, I you know I think we all as parents try to make good choices but I, I mean I just think of myself and all the quote mistakes that I've made and I mean if my kids came to me this afternoon and said can we go to the convenience store I would say yeah like, be careful. Look both ways. Be, that's you know, that's like, exactly I, what I told them. You, I just looked can't. at my older daughter, and I was like, you better be careful. And she was like, we will, Mom. You know we of will. Of course. And you, you can't know, walk and them I, out. You I can't trusted walk them, up forever. them and And it wasn't their fault. No. They followed the rules. They did what they were supposed to, and that's what I told every, you know, the police and the prosecutor attorney. I said, those girls followed the rules they didn't do anything wrong and they need to know that they need to know that they didn't do anything wrong that what happened to their sister was not their fault and i can tell them that all day long but it's not going to mean as much as coming from you know you guys or the court or something like that it's not and they helped raise her i was a single mama and they helped raise her they were you know they changed her diapers. They helped bathe her. They went shopping for clothes for her. They they did all those things. Danced with her. It, it's not just about Cayenne. And no one has any idea how it's affected her family. Like oh, yeah. her yeah. little three-year-old brother who doesn't understand, and he's wandering through the house yelling for his sister. Oh, gosh. Because we can't, he doesn't quite understand, and we can't explain to him what has happened he doesn't you know or 
one of the girls waking up and coming to me because they had another nightmare about the accident. It's just affected us in a lot of ways that people don't probably will never see unless they went through it themselves. And because grief isn't talked about, it's rarely, rarely talked about in depth. Yeah. Well, I think so many times it's just kind of encouraged to sweep it under the rug and to just people don't want to deal with those kind of emotions. They don't want to deal with them themselves. And then they especially, I think, don't want to deal with them from other people. It's so much easier to just, you know, be happy, get over it. I don't I don't want to deal with your emotions when you're sadness, you know, what would you say? to people that, you know, you brought up, I think people oftentimes, they do mean well with things that they're they're saying to someone that's grieving, but especially if they have not suffered a terrible loss like this, oftentimes you just don't know what to say or what to do or what is the right response. Do you have any advice you know, for those that are on the other side? Um, just hug them. Mm-hmm. You hug them tight and hug them long, and you just be there for them. I mean, when people say, I'm sorry to me, I just look at them and I go, me too. Yeah. You know? Yep. Because I know that they don't know what to say or what to do, and I'm not mad at them for that. The times I get upset is when they're like, you need to stop doing this or they try to tell me how I need to grieve. And I'm like, don't do that to me because everyone grieves differently. You know, if you don't like it, then ignore it. And, but please don't tell me how I should grieve. Yeah. And I think, Um, I think you said something very powerful there is that you don't, I think we're always looking for the right thing to say, but sometimes you don't have to say anything at all. It's just giving that person a hug. Or, you know, maybe even, I don't know if this makes a difference, but hitting that love button on the social media post, but you don't have to say the right thing. It's just a little moment yeah, there to say, them I, know that I, I you're care. there for them or even just, I don't know, a surprise like, hey, do you want to go for a drive and yeah. just get away from everything for a little bit? Yeah. Just offer up something you know, because a lot of people are like, do you need anything? And want you to answer with a specific thing that you need. And that you can't think at the moment. When you're in grief like that, you don't know what you need. You're like, I have no idea. Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and that's right. kind of where you're at. But when I had friends that were like, come over and talk. Or do you want me to come over and I'll talk to you? Or... Some, you know, like mm-hmm. they specifically would say, do you want to go for a drive and get away? Do you want to go bowling or, you know, something? Do you want to talk? Do you want to go out and get a coffee? Like those things helped. But um, what didn't help was when people would be like, what do you need? Right. <laughs> You're like, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You know, one thing that I I don't know what the solution to this problem is, but I've thought about it as I've talked to so many different people that have suffered loss. You know, when I saw you, I had the opportunity to go to Cayenne's candlelight vigil. And when I saw you there, you know, there was a part of you that seemed 
strong. Like I thought, how how is she even here? How is she even standing? And then there was a part of you that was obviously broken. But I remember, you know, also at that at that vigil, I just so happened to be standing next to your son, and he, you know, he just casually said, you know, she was my sister, and it was kind of in a in a lighthearted way because he's young, yeah. and I don't know that he even yeah. grasped what was really truly happening. Um, but I just thought in those moments, you know, today you have all these people celebrating the life of your sweet girl and they're hugging you and they're around you. It's going to be the days and the weeks and the years ahead that are going to be so tough for your family, you know? And I wish that we, I don't know, just people on the other side, somehow we could respond differently. I I know of a, a mother that her son passed away about a year and a half ago and she's still frequently posts about him on social media and I've had people around me say you know I I don't she just obviously can't get over that and it's like well of course she can't of course she can't it was her child yeah, a part of you she's never gonna and... get over that she's never gonna you know and if she wants to post about him for 20 30 40 50 years more power to her post away post away <laughs> you know um I just yeah, think that... that's exactly how I feel and and I'm a little bit different than most people with grief. I had a great-grandma who, she had a son pass away in war, and I never even knew he existed until after she passed away. Hmm. And then they were cleaning out her things, and these pictures of this, you know, guy in uniform comes up, and I'm like, who's this? Is this, like, Grandpa or something? And they're like, oh, no, that was your Uncle Dubby, you know? Hmm. I was like, who? <laughs> right. You know, and... She she dealt with it different than me. She put everything away. She didn't want to talk about it. She didn't want to, like, it was too painful for her. But for me, you know, he was 18, 19 when he died. But for me, Cayenne was four, even though it felt like a long time right now. In eight, ten years, it will feel like a blip. And I don't want to forget anything. No. I don't want to forget. And that's what I'm really afraid of. Is like, I don't want to forget the sound of her voice or what she looked like when she smiled or when she jumped up and down with excitement. Or I don't want to forget that stuff. And I think I'm so strong just because of how I was raised, um, my religion. And then I lost custody of my one of my kids right before I got pregnant with her. And that really, that was really hard for me. It felt like that alone felt like a loss. For sure. I was very, um, it was my son, Jameson, and his dad got custody of him, and they lived in Texas. And, and so he was far away, and um, we ch- video chat, but um, it's still, it was hard for me. It was a very big loss. It felt like I had almost lost a child, even though I got yeah. to see him, you know, and video chat him and stuff. It was it's not the same. It was hard, and but I think that that kind of prepared my heart a little bit more for this, to where I didn't just fall apart because mm-hmm. I feel like the things that I went through before this all happened really prepared me to be able to withstand this. Right. You know, and maybe and, that. I, I, I always think, you know, 
that kind of cheesy saying of like, life is not fair. And yet at the same time, like so many times I will look at people, I'll look at my own life, I'll look at people that I love. And it, it's, I've always continually struggled with like, why do awful things happen to great people and then other people just seem to kind of skate through life unscathed and, and untouched and yeah. untouched it i can't make sense of it like i you know maybe someday i'll have a clearer picture or a better understanding as to why but i i don't i can't wrap my brain around like why that is and yet i do like the that you know it is unfair like some things are just flat out unfair like i look at cayenne's death and what you're going through there's just there, there's I don't know that there's any good that can come of it. There's no, it's just, it's just not fair. But yeah, um, it's not fair. But then again, you know, with Cayenne, she was really about praising God and things like that. Yeah. And I don't feel like her message would have gone gotten out if this right. hadn't happened. Right. No, which is weird right. to say. And, and, I, and I think that, you know, one of God's tender mercies sometimes is preparing our hearts in weird ways. You know, like you said, preparing, you would have never anticipated such a tough trial, but sometimes God works in, in these weird ways to prepare our hearts. Mysterious ways, yeah. yeah. It was weird because after she passed, um, if you watch the dance that she did, that was weird. Mm-hmm. But then... It wasn't even two days after she had passed away, I think. All of a sudden, stuff started coming in the mail that my mom had ordered um, for, like, Christmas and for the dance. And my mom had ordered a white dress for Cayenne to dance in. And it was lacy and beautiful. And it ended up being the dress that she was buried in. And my mom was like, I had no idea when I ordered this. She's like, I thought this was going to be the dress that she danced in for the first time, not the dress that we bury her in. And it was weird because it was just one thing after another that had happened. And um, I know in my heart that it's God, it was God's will for this to happen. Right. But it doesn't mean it makes it you miss her any less. You know, it doesn't just take that pain away. No, it doesn't take the pain away. It doesn't take away the still that hope that for some reason still lingers, even though, you know, they're gone. You still imagine them doing those things, even though you're never, ever going to see that happen. And that's hard because you can't help it. You just you start thinking about it. You start. I start thinking about her and her doing her flips on the couch and what would she have been like if I would have, you know, if that hadn't happened and she would have gone into gymnastics, you know, yeah. what would she have accomplished? And, and so I hope that even though she's gone, that hopefully she can still keep accomplishing things here and touching people's lives. Um, Absolutely. I mean, she, her favorite day of the week was Sunday. <laughs> she loved to go to church. She loved to dress up all pretty. And she just was real with you. 
like you would ask her something and she would be, you know, like a kid, straight up and honest and raw. And But she was the most forgiving. She was so forgiving and loving. And she just wanted to be a part of everything. And we miss that about her a lot. Like, we just miss how loud she was, <laughs> how just everything. It's it's hard. Um, it went from really, really loud to almost nothing because her siblings aren't that loud. And and then when her um, they go to their dads, I'm alone, you know, and yeah. I'm just. It's really hard. I, I miss my girl a lot. I have to like and, get after myself oftentimes because I always say like when my kids are around, I'm I'm divorced as well, and so when my kids are around, you know, half the time they're driving me crazy, and then when they go to their dads, it's like you said, it's that quiet that you think you want, but when it's there, you don't. You want you want the loud and you want the crazy and you, yeah, you know, because it distracts you from the things you don't want to think about. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I miss her, but I know that, um, if I just keep on that something good is going to come out of this, I feel like something good already has. Um, there's people who have started going to church, you know, and stuff mm-hmm. like that since she's passed away. And um, I just, I don't know. I i feel like she's, her her mission, her, her uh, story isn't done. Even though she's gone, she could still do a lot. Yeah. And I, I just have to be your helping hand. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I think you're spot on with that. You know, you have to continue to share her story and her mission and who she was and you know, just give that message of love and joy and faith and... Yeah, and, um, and selflessness, because and honestly, selflessness. that's what she was a lot, was she was very selfless. She was willing to help. She wanted to take care of the babies. She wanted to help clean the house. She wanted to um, be the first to go to church with Mimi, help her get her songs ready. Um, she was just very selfless. She didn't ask for... You know, we noticed that she didn't really have a lot of toys that were just hers. Mm-hmm. Like, um, she just, she didn't ask for a whole lot. She had a few toys, but for the main part, she played, she had a play kitchen that she played with a lot outside. And she'd make mud pies and things mm-hmm. like that. And, um, but she was, she had such a good spirit and... I miss it a lot, but I hope that people will learn from this to take just five, ten seconds with, of patience, 30 seconds, a minute, you know, a little bit of patience goes a long way, and a little bit of patience could save a life. Absolutely. And um, I wish that she had gotten that for her, but unfortunately, you know, what happened happened, and... um. I'm just, I feel so glad that I was the one that God picked to be her mom. Mm-hmm. I got the privilege to be called Cayenne's mom. She was my baby. And um, no one can take that away from me. Yeah. So I, I love, that is one thing that I 
have always held on to when I've, and I have not suffered a lot of loss in my life, but I do love the thought when I think of certain things that like no one can take that from me. You know, no one can take from you that you are her mom. No one can take all those memories of those four years away from you. No one can take those pictures and those videos and all everything that she brought into your life for those four years. Like nothing can take that from you. And I think. Yeah. And I'm I'm so like thankful. I thank God for that. Like, and I have been mad at times and I've gotten, you know, and I deal with anger from time to time, but I really try and correct myself and, be like you can't be like that you you need to be understanding you need to be forgiving you need to be patient and i have to run through that stuff with myself and that's one thing my nano uh, my grandma my i call her nano would tell you she says i have to ask god for forgiveness every day <laughs> she says just for the thoughts that run through my mind every day and she was she's like you don't um nobody's perfect and you can't go through a whole day being perfect nobody can yeah that's that is a very good message. If you can if you can realize that and you can have self awareness and self responsibility and self control, that if everyone just focused on themselves instead of worrying about everybody else, everything would get so much better almost instantly. Yeah. Yeah. And but people don't understand that. And um but I'm hoping that Cayenne will at least change some people around to think that way. So Absolutely. Well, Kyla, I really appreciate you just sharing these little pieces of your daughter with us today and her story. And I know for me, like, she had these big, beautiful eyes and they just, like, I never <laughs> had the opportunity to meet her, but it just captured me instantly when I had the opportunity to go to her vigil and I just want to encourage you to continue to share her photos and her videos and her message and to not have any shame in doing that that you you know grieve the way that you need to grieve and I think that through sharing some of that it really acts as a reminder to other people to hold their kids a little bit closer and to just you know slow down a bit and find joy in the simple things in life, just like Cayenne did. Yeah. Um, so get all in and always have the mindset of, I'm going to give you a little thing. My Nana would always tell, tell me is you're never promised tomorrow. You're not even promised your next breath. Yeah. And you need to keep that in mind, especially with your loved ones and stuff like that. Like, I I think about that. Like, I'm so glad the last time I saw Cayenne, we were hugging and happy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like how torn up I would be if I had just gotten on to her for something. Yeah. You know, and didn't like reconcile with her. And then she, you know, and then that happened. That would have been horrible. And I remind my kids of that, too. And they start getting mean to each other. It might be a little raw and rough for some, but I'm like, what if this was the last time you ever saw your sibling? And they would look at me all wide-eyed, and I'm like, I'm not joking. What if it was the last time you ever saw them, and that was the last thing you ever said to them? I was just like, you know, you need to think about those things. And I'm very raw with my kids, and I think that has helped them a lot in this journey because I don't sugarcoat a lot of stuff for them. 
I'm like, this is how it is, you know, and unfortunately we're going to, we're going to get through this together and deal with it, but it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, um, they know they can come to me about anything. We talk about everything under the sun. And I think that's important in grieving too. If you have children that are grieving, like you need to always be checking up on them and, you know, making sure they're okay. Because, um, I, if I would have went through something like this when I was their age, I couldn't imagine. Right. And, and I think it's they, easy to probably just get thinking caught about up. the struggles I had when I was their age and then have that on top of it. Oh yeah. It's unfathomable. Yeah. And I think it, that it, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> it's so easy to kind of get caught up in our own grief at times, but you're absolutely right. Like you need to mm-hmm. make sure that, you know, that you check in with them and, and you can help them however you can and that you're in it together. Yeah. And you know? if you can't, if you can't help them, try and find someone who can. Sure. Yep. Because they shouldn't have to be trying to deal with it alone. And mm-hmm. they, and feeling like you're trying to deal with it alone is the worst feeling possible. Like just feeling like you have no one in the world that you can go to, to talk to, or to really be open with or tell them how you really feel. They just, um, that's a horrible feeling. And so just letting the person know, like I am here and you can talk to me about anything. It's not going to bother me even the nitty gritty or the, you know, the stuff that you're afraid to tell someone else, you can come to me. Like, um, people need to know, people are meant to be around other people. They're not meant to be isolated. And, um, so if you have someone that's hurting, even if it's not a loss, even if it's just something they're going through, like a divorce or a breakup or they just lost their job, or anything like that, like, just be there and just try and just hug them, just be there for them, you know, it's the only thing you really can do, and, and people, they know, they understand that, man, they probably don't know what to say, and, because I remember going through that, when people would go through losses, and I hadn't experienced it yet, and I didn't know what to say. And all I would say is, I'm so sorry. And I felt dumb for saying it. And, you know, but, but you, you didn't, didn't know, know what, what to, else say. to say. And yeah. so when I fight, when I got into that position where I had lost her and I was going through that much grief and people would say, I don't know what to say. I'm so sorry. I'd be like, it's okay. You don't, you don't have to know what to say. No one knows what to say. Like, and I would just tell people it's okay. Like, it, it's all right. Just give me a hug. <laughs> you well, know, and I want to so, I want to um, encourage people that know of people in their lives that have lost someone or have suffered this level of of loss and of grief to just don't forget them. Like, don't forget them in the years to come in the, you know. Yeah. Don't sweep them under. Don't sweep it under the rug or don't like it makes a parent feel so special when somebody reaches out. And says, hey, I was just thinking about you and Kayan, and I just wanted to know how you were doing. Or um, I have a cousin that I haven't seen in probably 20-plus years, and she's like, hey, me and my girls are going to release balloons out in the sky for Kayan on the 1st, you know. And and they're all the way in. um, They were in Colorado at the time, and 
just stuff like that that it means a lot to me like that you didn't even know her and you're taking the time to honor her life like that means a lot to me that means a lot to a parent that they know that their child isn't remembered only by them or by their siblings that their child is remembered by by others that they've touched other people's lives yeah and um and so, and that's really what a parent wants is they just want to feel like their child mattered. They mattered. Right. It wasn't and just a, a number or just a four-year-old or, or, you know, it wasn't some prominent person, but it, it's like it, it was, it was, you know, someone that was just of equal importance or maybe even more so because she hadn't had the opportunity to live her life. Yeah, she was a little sister, and she was a granddaughter, and she was a cousin and a best friend. And do you know what I mean? She touched more lives than people think. Just because she's four years old doesn't mean squat. She could have touched more lives than a 35-year-old has their whole life. A million percent. You know what I mean? Yep, a million percent. Yeah, it and with a parent, they just want to, especially a parent who's lost their child so young that hasn't even got to live a life, and they're like, they haven't even been around long enough to even be remembered, hardly, you know? And so it means a lot when someone's like, I will not forget them, we'll celebrate them with you, and we'll remember them with you, and, you know, and... um they're still special just because they're gone doesn't mean they're not special. Absolutely. And that's one thing that I told my other kids is I, I was like, if this would be the same if it was any one of you this had happened to, like I would be making this big deal out of it because you were mine and I love you and you're special. And I, you know, and I was just like, and Cayenne, that's the only way that we're going to keep her memory alive is if we, talk about her and we share photos and videos and memories of her that's the only way and i said we need to do that especially for her younger siblings she loved them so much she loved them so so much they deserve she deserves to have them at least have something to hang on to of her yes 100 percent. and so i'm i'm so thankful for those videos just a lot because of her little siblings. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, thank you so much for just sharing your story and being willing to to send out your message. And I promise you that I, for one, will never forget your daughter. Like every time she pops up on my feed, every t- I just like I said, it's a little reminder to me to just hold on to. My kids and to life and like you said we're never promised tomorrow we're never promised so we just need to live our lives that way and live it in love like do all your actions through love it'll go a long long way like if if you just put love and patience into a little bit of everything how much sweeter life would be joining this edition of Not The Way I Planned. If you liked what you heard, you can find more at notthewayiplanned.com as well as Not The Way I Planned on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.